Cheers. Hello, 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 and welcome to Thought and Leaders. And as you know, I scour the planet for the best of the best when it comes to thought leadership. Welcome, Dillis. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, yes, my name is Dillis Bayan. So I am an international sales and marketing and leadership consultant, and uh, I help businesses to attract, convert, and retain more of their ideal clients. But I also help leaders maximize the results from the teams. It must be very difficult for leaders to lead during these times. Gartner had interviewed 317 uh, CFOs, chief finance officers, and asked them what the strategy was going forward. The majority of them said 5% of their workforce would be working remotely, permanently. This thing of using Zoom and other, uh, and other platforms, I know it's eye to eye, but it's not eye to eye. Do you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of us are working remotely, and, but ongoing. And I'd just like to add also that another um, friend of mine who works for a big international company, they've bought tens of thousands of laptops for their staff to work from home. All meetings will be heard, held virtually and conferences held virtually. We've just uh, finished a, um, a, uh, an episode with Tony Veach, who runs Red Brand, which is a leading business conference provider. He was talking about the idea that at some point you need to get back to pe- having live people speaking live at conferences. What's your view on that? You think it can be done remote then? Yes, I do. And funnily enough, I tuned into a a global conference yesterday, Perspectives 2020, Mm. and that would normally be live. And it was done remotely. And it was amazing. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be working remotely, but there's going to be a huge amount of people because companies are looking to cut costs. Barclays are closing their office in Canary Wharf. Who would have thought it? The actual, the actual huge, office. big Barclays. Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, that's thousands of people, isn't it? Yes. So they're going to be working remotely because they're wow. needing, because companies are really going to be concerned post this. In fact, during and post. So, you know, let's not sugarcoat because there's going to be some big fallout here. But a lot of companies are going to be looking at cutting costs. Isn't that really what this is about? This is about. Companies saying we can decrease the size of our office footprint and we can also get rid of some people here. You know, we use the term unprecedented and it's used a lot, but it is unprecedented times. The leaders need to step up to the plate. Leadership in general is not brilliant. I've worked globally. I've worked Europe. I've worked in America, Canada, uh, South America. I can't say that I've been like, blown off my feet with with great leaders. People are promoted into leadership roles and expected just to get on with it. And it is a different skill set. They're put into these roles with no training and then expected to, to do the job well. 
this is a, I keep saying I need to be, if you've got global listeners, they may not know where this is, but I keep saying I need to get a box in Hyde Park, and get, right. on my, get on my soapbox and, and really get this message out. Sending out an SOS, sending out an SOS, sending out an SOS, sending out an SOS. Communications in general during this awful period in in our history from our leaders hasn't been that good, has it? It's been very confusing. The clarity is really important because if you don't communicate clearly, then people will, they will make up stories. They will, they will become very fearful. There will be, you know, people can, it makes people feel often quite ill and often it's worse than, than the reality. People are very, very cynical now because I think they are bombarded with misinformation all over the place. Do I trust this leader? Does he or she know really what they're talking about? Yeah. And so this is where the clarity of communication comes in, that leaders are are communicating uh, from a reliable source. You know, so if it's within a company that they're, that I always call this keeping the red paint red so that the message from the top comes out and it should be as as red at the bottom as it was at the top. So rather than going right, it was crimson red from the CEO and then it got to pink and then it was like a, a hint of pink yeah. out to the troops on the front line. And so this it needs to be transparent and honest and clear all the way down going from that red to the to the several steps uh, away from it you'll get so many managers involved that um the whole thing becomes a complete mess quite frankly isn't it yeah on top of that the managers are putting in their own personal agendas the le- the leaders at the top should be you know not micromanaging of course but they should actually be checking in at the bottom and making sure that the painter still is red in terms of the message mm. do you think that managers are micromanaging because of, of remote uh, working i don't think they are you know you've got individuals who are who are working from home and uh, maybe aren't sure of the technology because they've never maybe not used zoom for example as a platform maybe they're working with a spouse or a partner i was talking to someone just the other day um a, quite a senior guy and he said oh god he said it's murder he said what we're, we're we're jockeying for position then we've got the kids at home that were trying to homeschool and they were just nearly tearing their hair out on top of having to do homeschooling finding a space although you're actually advocating that people should add some micromanagement to this as well no i didn't say micromanagement i said effective management it, this does not have to be long conversations but it's been empathetic and and this is a word i use all of the time is that you need to care for your people genuinely care for your people your job as a leader isn't crunching numbers it's not just strategy it's implementing that strategy and it's it's um 
developing your people to be able to carry out the tasks that they are charged to do. But you've got to be very clear with what the task is, ensure that the people are equipped to be able to do it. And during this time, they need to be to, to be touching in, metaphorically speaking, on Zoom better than a phone call because you can see each other and you can read the body language. And it's not just about saying, oh, you're fine, and they say, yes, I'm fine. Don't be fobbed off with that. You need to just ask some questions. It doesn't have to be all heavy stuff. You need to be accessible. They can't just turn around from the, the desk and across the way is their colleague. The leader, being very clear what the task is, communicating it very clearly, ensuring that they're equipped to be able to carry it out as an individual, but also looking at the team and using the team at this time on Zoom, no matter how many people you've got in your team, so no matter how high you are up on the ladder as a leader, that you are bringing your teams together to talk about maybe crisis management and issues and challenges and working together as a team. The leader doesn't have to know the answers to everything. And actually, this was one of the, 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 my, one of my, it wasn't a downfall, but one of the pits I fell into, if you like, when I was first got the job as a regional sales director. And I forgot to take the skills that I, I was implementing with this smaller team to the bigger team. And I had three secretaries, boardroom, all the rest of it. And, and actually, I got a bit fearful. And I wasn't trained how to lead that many people. So I got it into my head. I had to know everything, do everything, have the answer to everything. Thank goodness it didn't take me long to realise that actually I had a team that, you know, and, and we had these fantastic kind of strategy meetings where we would work around issues. And it's always about finding a way forward, making sure when you're delegating that the person has the, has the ability and the skills to do that job, because there's too often too much tell, right? Let me tell you what to do, but they don't actually check out that the person can do it. I remember um, doing a leadership program and I asked them, do you always get the job done right first time by your team members? And this woman, she was a big woman. She said, I tell them and they don't do it right. I tell them again and they still don't do it right. And she said, the third time, I am really angry. And honestly, it nearly knocked me against the wall. She was so like venomous, you know, the way she was speaking. And I put up 12 steps of a process. She said, I have spent my time telling people what to do. They don't do it properly. And I realize that it's my responsibility to make sure that they've got the tools, the skills and everything that they need to be able to do it. It's a combination of, forget about the word tell people, but where possible, show people, but invariably support people. Absolutely. You shouldn't worry, I said that ain't no crime. I have used this mnemonic from my husband, actually, who was in the Marines for 25 years. It's called EDI, Explanation, Demonstration, Imitation. So let's say you've delegated a task to someone and it's a new task that they have never done before. So explain it. Give them a process sheet if it's needed. Demonstrate it. 
So as you're explaining it, demonstrate it, let them try it. And then I call it the thermometer test. You just keep checking in periodically to make sure that they're, they're not having any challenges. This is not micromanaging because if you get it done right first time and you're able to delegate, get the job done right first time, as a leader, you've then got more time to be able to strategize, to be able to develop other people. The person who is then competent in doing that job could be a mentor to to another person. It just releases the pressure of leadership. I demonstrate this. Take an A4 sheet of paper. There you go. Right. I've got an A4 sheet of paper. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. What do I do now? Marvellous. Now, I'd like you to draw a square, please. Draw a square. I'm doing it now. I'm drawing Draw a, square. a square. In the, mid- square. In the middle of it? In the, mid- in the middle, yeah. Okay, I'm doing that now, yeah. Right. Within the square, I'd like you to draw a triangle. A triangle, yeah. Okay, yeah. And on each corner of the square, draw a circle. Right. Okay, I've got that. Okay. Yeah. I'll right. show it to you. There you go. I'm just showing it to her on, on my Zoom screen here, yeah. Is that what you meant? I bet, I bet you I buggered it. Yeah, I've got the same thing. Yeah, okay. I'm well, slightly... no, no, you haven't, Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, I, I, Jonathan, like you haven't. Uh, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly do... <laughs> what she wants for people at home, by the way, is, and in the office, is that she wants a triangle in the middle of the square, not touching the edges of the square, so it's right in the middle. And then she, I've got the, um, the circle on each of the corners. Is that right, Dillis? No, because it's touching My the God, edge. I'm useless. It's touching the edge of the square. Now, it sounds very simple and straightforward. A square, triangle in the middle, circles on the edge. And yet, when I do this with, with people, rarely do people get it exactly as I've got it. Right. Is it that way? <laughs> so you're yes. Up yes, that's right. But of course, the circles aren't big enough. You, in your mind, have got complete clarity about how you want something done or about a message that you are going to pass over, right? Mm -hmm. This relates to personal life, by the way, as well as business, but you've got complete clarity. When it's received by a second or third party, it's interpreted in a can be interpreted in a completely different way. So Mm -hmm. it lands differently because you can have a different perspective on things. And this right. is what happens in the workplace. Oh, I see. So the fact that I got it wrong is the point that you're making. Yes. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that this is something that can be used in life. But sometimes in life, the things that are most useful are things that we didn't expect. Communicate clearly. Because that's what motivates people, the fact that they're doing the job right, and then they can be praised for that. So you have trained um, some amazing leaders all the way around the world. What would you, would you um, advise those who are trying to show leadership in terms of what people need to do in terms of COVID? Clarity. Clarity and following through, because that's what um, creates trust is that you do what you say you're going to do. They have to be decisive. You know, I don't know whether you watched The Darkest Hour with Winston Churchill. Against really the majority, he's made a decision and he's stuck by it 
and it wasn't popular. You know, his decision to go to war was not popular. Mm. But you have to be decisive based on the information that you've got. And I think it's very easy to be critical. We don't know the whole picture anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I feel it is a huge job for any human being or team of human beings to get this absolutely right first time because there isn't anybody can say to them, and here's the principles because we haven't been through it before. What if you've told everyone this is the way it's going to do, but then you get back to something and say, well, actually, uh, it's changed. We thought it was this, but it's now this. Do you now have to backtrack? Uh, no. You to explain why. The why of things is so important. This is what I see missing again. When you explain why, people will accept it much more readily. They might not agree, but at least they can understand. I've always followed this mantra of it's not about making the right decision. It's about making the decision right. And so once you've looked at all of your options, you've weighed up the pros and cons, you've decided where you're going to go, you put your plan in place, But if you need to course correct, you need to course correct. What if you were wrong? There's a lot of people who still have this old fashion. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You are the expert in this. But have this view that as a leader of the organisation, you know, I can't be seen to be wrong because... I am the leader. So what if you are wrong? What do you do? Do you admit it or what? Yes. Yes, you are. What, what about what people will think about you? You, the leader, have got it wrong. And you tell them why you've got it wrong. You admit failure. I think, I think it's ridiculous for anybody to expect anyone else to get everything right all of the time in terms of their, their decision making. Um, and we don't always get it right. I worked, I did some work for a a big car manufacturer and I asked them just, we talked about, you know, for them to list out some great leaders and they put Mr. Philpot on and I said, who's Mr. Philpot? And they said, he's our top man. And I said, tell me about him. Why have you put him on as a great leader? And they went, oh my God, we love Mr. Philpot. He, he listens to us and he listens to understand us. He, he communicates with us, he's interested in us, and he will talk to everybody at every layer of the business. And he, he shares the focus and the direction that the business is going in. We're all clear, there's this clarity of communication again. We're all clear about which way we're going. And if he doesn't get it right, he tells us that too. But we know which way, we know which way we're going to go. And they absolutely loved him. And at the lunchtime, I went and had this most fabulous canteen and I went in and I'm sat with all of these leaders that I was working with. And they said, Dillis, that's Mr. Philpot over there. Oh. And I went over to him and I said, Mr. Philpot, I'd just like to introduce myself. My name's Dillis Guyan. I've been working with your leaders today. As he said, oh, which ones? I said, those ones at that table. He said, well, that motley crew laughing. Kindly, really kindly. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. And I said, I want to share with you what they've said, that I was doing this exercise with them, and I, and I wanted to share with you what they said. And he was absolutely over the moon. This is another thing, leaders, please, you know, 
great. Your people are fine. Small things, catch people doing things right or praise people, you know, takes nothing. And he was over the moon and he said, Dillis, would you put that in an email to me? I said, I most certainly will. Who is your all-time favourite leader? <gasps> Churchill has to be up there because he was resilient, he was courageous, he was inspiring. He worked tirelessly against his people in his own party, against the opposition, mm. and yet still he pushed through. And I think this is... These are qualities that leaders can take on board. And I'm not saying he got everything right. I don't think anybody gets everything right, you know, when they're, when they're leading, particularly at the top of companies. But everybody should see them, themselves as leaders inspiring the teams at no matter what level. Uh, what's the message you would leave to our listeners in terms of post-COVID? Care about your people. Communicate with your people with clarity. Share the focus and direction that you're going in and inspire your people. Give them hope um, and give them the courage, you know, to, to, to be able to come to work with a sense of security and a sense of trust. And it can only be done through good communication. Beautifully put and beautifully communicated. Now, I know there are a lot of buddy Mr. Philpots out there and they want to get hold of you. Tell us how we can get hold of you, how they can get hold of you. Um, on LinkedIn, Dillis Guyan, D-Y-L-I-S, Dillis Guyan, G for George, U-Y-A-N. Uh, you can email me at dillis at dillisguyan.com. You could also come and join, if you're a salesperson, come and join my Facebook group, Inspired Selling. Fantastic to have such an amazing thought leader with us, the person who actually teaches some of the most amazing and inspiring thought leaders around the world. Uh, so, so let's make sure that we do a little bit to make this world a better place. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. to contribute to a future program please email reinvent at me.com that's reinvent at me.com <laughs>